Hey, I wanted to say a special hello to our Fuel family tuning in to our podcast. Before we jump into the message, I wanted to tell you about Heart for the House. This is a special season for our church. It's a tradition for the people of Fuel Church. Every year we gather, we appreciate, anticipate, and we also give. This is a yearly time for anybody who receives from this ministry to give so that we can continue to move forward with the mission of reaching those who are far from God. You see, all God has ever wanted for us is to say, I'm available. Here I am. Send me, use me. And you have that opportunity to do that. So if you've been blessed through the ministry, it's good to receive, but it's even better to give. If you want to make a donation, a one-time gift, or a reoccurring gift, you can get all the details at thefuelchurch.com. We use all these resources to continue to preach the gospel, not only at our physical locations in Kokomo and Westfield, but also through the amazing opportunity God has given us through technology. We want to thank all of you who are part of this. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you for being a part of our family. Thank you for being a part of this move of God. This is going to be an amazing season, and Tara and I are believing that the best is yet to come. All right, let's jump into it. I want to go to a scripture, First Chronicles chapter uh, 22, verse 5 through 7. Let's look at this here. Check this out. David said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced, and the house to be built for the Lord should be of great magnificence. And fame and splendor in the sight of all the nations. Therefore, I will make, what does he say? Preparations. preparations for it. So David made extensive preparations before his death. Verse 6, then he called for his son Solomon and charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, my son, I had it in my, what? Heart to build a house for who? The name of the Lord my God. I love this. We find uh, two characters here in our text today. We find David and Solomon. David was the father of Solomon. And uh, David called to his son and said, son, before I die, I'm going to make preparations and... uh, for the house of God, but you're going to build the house. You're physically going to build it, but I'm going to prepare things. Someone say prepare things. And, and he said, because I have it in my heart, I have something in my heart that I want to build God a house. I want to build God a house. And I love that, that David prepared. Someone say prepared. He, he prepared. What did he prepare? He prepared for the next generation. For the next generation, David made preparations and, and David set things up because he knew that the house of God was, had much to do with who was coming next. It, David knew that there was a generation coming after him and David knew that they needed to hear of the hope found in Christ. And he knew that they needed a house where they could worship God freely. And so he made preparations. And may I insert this in here today that uh, you, you're here today and you, you're serving at this church and giving to this church because you're preparing for the next generation. You're preparing for people who are not even here yet. You're preparing for your kids and your grandkids and and God's lost kids who are about to walk through these doors. 221 of them in the month of November said yes to Jesus because you prepared. 
You prepared. David prepared. We also, if we read further in the text, he, he began to pray. So he prepared. He prayed. And we know he participated. He prepared. He prayed. He pr- yes, they all start with P. Do you like that? <laughs> it, took a, it takes a lot of work to get this done. He prayed for the house of God. He participated. He said, I'm going to play my part in helping build God's house. I won't be the one that physically does it, but my part is equally important to set up the next generation so that they will know who the God of Israel is. So they will not worship false idols, but they will worship the Lord our God. And see, when you have a heart for God's house, this is what you do. You pray, you plan, and you participate. You pray, you plan, and you participate. What is the house of God? Very simply put, the house of God is his expression of his purposes here on earth. And we get to be the expression of God's love here on earth. We get to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Think about that. God is not here in physical form. Jesus is not here, but he is here through you and I. This is just brick and mortar and drywall and concrete, right? This is just a building, but you and I are the house of God. Wherever we go, the church goes. Can I get a good amen? Amen. See, God has designed the local church to be the hope of the world because it's the institution that he established to work through to see his kingdom purposes revealed. He established it. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I will build my church. Who is the church? We are the church. I will build my church and when hell tries to come against you, it won't prevail. You see, when you're connected to the house, there's protection over your home. I came to preach today. Now the 930, they went bananas up in here, through chairs, running around like we're Pentecostal up in here. Gave extra offerings, and some people are like, here, take it now. <laughs> I'm like, it's in two weeks. No, take it now. And y'all are awful quiet, so hit your neighbor and say, warm up your amen <laughs> Pastor came to preach. He means business today. John 2, 17, Jesus said, for the zeal of God's house has consumed me. It's eaten me up. Jesus was consumed with the house of God because he knew that the hope of the world was found in the house of God. The hope of the world. How many of you know that we have a lot of hopelessness going on in our world? We have a lot of crazy stuff. But, but when you come in here, see, this isn't a place where you come in and you get beat up and you feel worse before you walked in, right? It's a place anchored in good news. It's a place anchored in hope that I can leave and I can feel like, man, there is hope. There is a God who, who is able to turn my situation around. And Jesus said, the zeal, the zeal that I have, it's, it's consumed me. I have a heart for the house of God. See, a heart for God is to have a heart for his house. When you say, I have a heart for God, you're saying, I have a heart for God's house. And when something captures your heart, movement, movement is kind of what marks that experience or that moment. Would you agree with me? When you are passionate about something, Come on now. Anybody still in love? You don't want to raise your hand, sir. (laughs) I'll speak for me. I'm in love. And in a relationship, you have movement. 
if it's if it's stagnant, it's not going anywhere, and eventually it will end. But when there's movement in a relationship, you don't always start at a place of deep commitment. It starts with interest and getting to know that person. And you, you find that then you move to different paces. And some of you know what I'm talking about because some of you moved a little too fast in the relationship. I'm not making you raise your hand. And some of you moved a little too slow in the relationship. But there's movement when there is a heart for someone. There, 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 there is levels of commitment that you go towards. Can I follow me here? Follow me here. I'm, I'm making a point here. And so eventually you get deeper and deeper in a commitment where you want to see each other all the time. All right? How many remember when you were first dating? Come on, can I get it? Yeah, you remember. And uh, did anybody do long distance dating? And uh, nobody, just me? Okay, so... I was living here, and my, my girlfriend at the time was in Columbus, still in, in college. My girlfriend, that'd be Tara, by the way. And, uh, and so we, we were in love. Someone say in love. We were so in love that we would, uh, we would drive halfway to Newcastle. Mom or dad, they're sitting right here. They can testify to this, that I'm telling the truth. We, they would get, we'd get in the car. Uh, I'd get in the car with one of them. Tara would get in the car from Columbus. We'd meet in Newcastle. I'd jump in the car with Tara. Mom and dad would drive the other car back just so we could ride together and spend a day together or something. We were in love. You know the kind of love where you're like, no, you hang up. No, you hang up. You know, the kind of love when you're like two or three in the morning still on the phone, and she's like, are you there? And you're like, yeah, I just wanted to hear you breathe. <laughs> like, that's weird. That's stalker crap. Like, I just want to hear you breathe. Like, you're weird. Get, I, I'm breaking up with you. Um, um, because you're moving in a relationship, and your commitment level gets greater and greater, and sometimes in a relationship, it leads to an engagement or a marriage, because you're, you're, you're committed. It's, it's movement. It's what keeps the relationship alive. Guys, it, it's wise once in a while to go get the roses after 20 years. Oh, I'm trying to help you. See, all the ladies, you should have been ready to give your offering on that. It's wise to buy the chocolates even when it's not anniversary birthday or something. It's just wise to ride a car. I'm just learned, I've learned in 20 years. It's just wise. Do it randomly. It pays you back. I can't go there, but just know it pays you back. It's awesome. All the single people are frustrated right now. Anyway. That was funny. I don't care who you are. <laughs> and so, so it's movement towards greater levels of commitment. And, 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 and I would say, I would say, here's a segue. I would say it's true in our relationship with God, isn't it? Like he doesn't want us to come to a place where we know him, like we put our faith in him, my sins are forgiven, I'm good. And there's no more levels of commitment. No, that's the starting block. Like that's the first step, right? But, but, but there's... When you have a heart for God, you, you keep moving from one level of commitment to the next. Amen? So we need movement, and we need a greater commitment. We need to keep taking steps because everyone has a next step on their journey. Come on now. Say with me. When you have a heart for God's house, you have movement towards him. You have movement towards him. 
And God wants to get us to the point in this relationship where where we're not just, okay, I I attended church, I'm good with God for the next six days. No, I, I, I can... Check that off of my little Christian box here. I'm good. Attended the 11 o'clock. Sang Waymaker. Come on, somebody. (laughs) No, no. God wants us to get to a point in this relationship, this walk with him, because it's not religion. It's relationship. Religion will never save you. Relationship with Jesus will save you. And, and, and so, 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 uh, he wants us to get into this place where we, we go all in, in our relationship with him. Like, like, like we say, I'm all in, like I'm putting all the chips. Come on now. How many gamblers do we have? Don't raise your hand. Um, I'm, I'm putting all the chips in it, the middle of the table. I'm all in with you, God. Why? Because my heart, my heart is for your house and, and you've changed my life and you, you loved me when I was unlovable. And, and you, you made a way for me when I didn't deserve a way to be made for me. When I turned my back on you, when I didn't honor you and I didn't serve you, you were still there for me. And so now I have it in my heart, my heart. I, w- I want to have a heart for your house and what you're doing here on earth. That's what happens when there's, when there's, when there's a heart for God's house. There's movement towards the things of God. I love the scripture, Ephesians 2. Verse 19 and 22. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. Read those next three words with me. You belong here. You belong here. I need you to know that today. Whether you believe like us, you belong here. Whether you behaved this week, come on now, we know you didn't. You belong here. You belong here. You belong here with as much right to the name of Christian as anyone. God is building what? He's building a home and he's using us Oh, this is beautiful. Irrespective of how you got here and what he is building, he used the apostles, the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. He's saying he used the the characters we talk about in the Bible, the Old and New Testament. He used them to lay the foundation. Now he's using you and I, fitting you. I love this. In brick by brick, stone by stone with Jesus Christ has the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. All the parts. All the parts. We exist here in this building to make Jesus famous. He is the cornerstone. When we get our eyes off of Jesus, we get our eyes on the wrong thing. We're not here just to perform or do church or have church. We're here to point you to Jesus. He's the answer. He's the answer. Our light show isn't the answer. Come on, somebody. Our good coffee isn't the answer. It's good, though. Get you some. It'll wake you up. It'll warm your amener up. But we, we exist to point everything we do to Jesus. Goes on to say, we, we see it taking shape day by day, a holy temple built by God. And all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? That the purposes of God have always been about a people, not a person. The purposes of God have always been about a group of people. God uses it throughout the scriptures. Us, we, together. There's this unity that God always would go back to. And we're we're gonna see a few scriptures on that here in a minute. But this house has so little to do, this church has so little to do with our buildings and they're great buildings, and we do our best to take care of them. We do, and we have two of them now. 
and we're blessed, but, but it's not about the buildings. The buildings are not the mission, but they serve the mission. They serve the mission of reaching God's lost kids with the grace and hope found in Jesus. And so I never became a pastor to build great buildings or, or to build great numbers. I came to, to build great people. Amen? It, because the building is nothing without you. If you don't show up, it, what are we going to do? I'm going to sing to my family, right? I'm going to lead worship and preach, and you don't want to hear me lead worship. They'll end up leaving, right? So this building is just a building, but you make it a home. You make it God's house. Are you with me today? So the church is not built on the talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. It's not built on the talents of a few people. It's built on the sacrifices of hundreds of people, 436 dream teamers who are making this happen. The only way, and I keep saying this because it's so true, the only way we have a second campus is because of the dream team. Because I, I couldn't do it. I would burn myself out. My wife couldn't, we couldn't do it. It's because people came together behind one common mission and goal. And they said, we have a heart for God's house. Can I get a good amen right there? So when you have it in your heart to serve and to love God's house, you see that God always has it in his heart to take care of your house. God is always about the us, the we, the team, the together, the, the body, everyone. So I just want to look at three thoughts, and we'll, we'll try to get through them here today, um, on how we could have a heart for God's house. Number one, don't let the culture of me keep you from what God has for us. Don't let the culture of who? Me keep you from what God has for us. Us. Just go like this. Just go like this. Come on, do it. Just say us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Us. We're family here. When you're here, you are family. You see, the culture always tells us, look out for me, but God always says, look out for we. Not the we. 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 And I need you to know today that what you're a part of here, what you're a part of is bigger than any part you may play. See, see, what I'm a part of here is bigger than any part I may play because it's about us. It's about the body. It's about every person contributing, and you matter here. Someone say, you matter here. And I love that about this church because some of you, you just, you just, you're so faithful. You're here all the time. You're here when you don't feel good. You show up. You show up early to set up the parking lot. Production team's here early. And at times when your feelings are saying stay in bed, but you're here, you're faithful. And that's what makes up the body, people who have a heart for God's house who say, this is not about me, this is about us. Because we truly exist for those who are not here yet. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. How many today, this is your first Sunday here? Yeah, hands up all over, all over, hands up. Every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday. And so we come with the attitude, I'm here to serve God and 
others. Every time you invite your friends and family that are far from God, you're saying it's about us. It's not about me. Every time you rearrange your schedule to pick somebody up to bring them to church on Christmas Eve, come on somebody, who would have thought thousands of people would come on Christmas Eve? 2,000 people showed up last year at our Christmas Eve services. 2,000. Over 200 gave their life to Christ. And so, so, some of you are arranging Christmas dinners and, and, and things with your family because you say, man, if this really is the number one time for me to invite someone who's far from God, then I'm going to do whatever I can to get them to God's house because I know my pastor said the whole service is tailored around those who are far from God. I'm going to do whatever I got to do because it's not about me. It's about bringing another person in the kingdom. Some of you need to experience the joy of having an unchurched person beside you and saying yes to Jesus. Some of you have never experienced that. And let me just tell you, it's a game changer. When you invite someone, when you bring someone who is broken and hurting and lost, and when the altar call goes and they say yes to Jesus, there's not a greater fulfillment than that right there. Can I get a good amen? Paul said this, Philippians chapter 2, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. He said, this pastor, Timothy, he, he cares. He cares. He cares for people. And I want you to know that this church cares for you. Amen? We need to ask ourselves, is it about me or we? Is it about me or we? Do I think symphony or solo? Do I think symphony or solo? There was a man in the Bible recorded who thought solo. Oh, he had a symphony behind him. But he got to a place in his life where he said, I want to be higher than God. And he did his solo. And the Bible said he fell hard to the ground like lightning. I'm talking about Lucifer, Satan. He was the praise and worship leader in heaven, you know. He came from heaven, but he wanted a solo act. He didn't want the symphony. And the Bible says he fell so hard that he made his home in hell. Hell. And so I know you, you want to be a symphony, right? You, you don't, you don't want to have a solo act. You don't want to make church about you. Well, I just can't find no parking at the 11 o'clock. It's crazy. You got to walk and it's zero degrees and snowing and ice. Well, we're working on a bus right now. Just hold your horses. Well, the check-in line's so long. I don't know if I can do that. Well, it, you're about the solo act. Get in the symphony. Come on now. Church isn't about you. Church isn't about you. It's about, it, it's about others. It's about you raising your kids and to, to learn and grow in the things of God. And, and so, so we got to ask ourselves that. Number two, there are blessings that God has for me as an individual that are designed to be received in the context of us, the local church. I like that. There, there are some blessings that you can only receive when you are planted in the house of God. You see, God designed the local church for your spiritual development, and nothing can substitute that. Nothing. I hear people all the time, well, I, you know, I, don't, I know God and I serve God, but I don't go to church. It's not biblical. It's just not biblical. You're not a bad person, but it's just not biblical. 
well, I listen to T.D. Jakes, and I listen to Joyce Meyer, and I listen to Stephen Furtick, and that's all good, and I listen to them as well, but they're not your pastor. You need a voice in your life that can tell you stuff that you don't want to hear. Remember what I said a couple weeks ago. You shouldn't like everything I say. I'm your coach. Sometimes the coach gets in your face. Sometimes you should squirm a little bit. Sometimes you'd be like, I don't like what he's saying. If you always like what I'm saying, you're probably in the wrong church. The section don't like it. They don't like what I'm saying. Come on, laugh, sir. You've been frowning all service. Just laugh. Just, just smile. Jesus is good. No, no, you, you, you need a church. You need a pastor. The Bible says you're to be under one house underneath one shepherd. Psalms 92, 13, I love it. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. You only bloom when you're planted. You only bloom. Some of you have no fruit in your life because you go from one church to the next. It's not biblical. You need to be planted. If not here somewhere, if we're not your cup of tea, that's fine. There's a lot of great churches in our community. Find you one, get planted, serve that house, give faithfully of your tithes and offerings, serve, get your kids involved in their students and their kids' ministry, and watch what God will do. You'll flourish. You'll flourish. I'm a testament. My life is better because of the local church. My marriage is better because of the local church. My finances are better. My mind is better. Come on now. My attitude is better after Sunday. Come on now. Come on, somebody. I'm a better person. I can get mean sometimes. Y'all don't get mean? You don't get angry? I, man, these drivers around here, I, I don't want to go the speed limit. I want to go 15 over. So get into the right lane, please. And I'm sorry. I have to say this. I was, I'm sorry. A confession. This is my confession. I'm not an usher, but this is my confession. Um, They'll get it on the way home. <laughs> I was behind someone who had a fuel church sticker on the other day. And I have to apologize that I rode your butt so close. <laughs> and I have to apologize that I thought some things in my mind that weren't holy. <laughs> and I have to apologize that I did not let up on riding you until you got into the right lane. Whoever you are, please forgive me. <laughs> I just, I had to say it. I had to say it. I thought real bad thoughts about you for like five minutes. And then I looked and I seen the sticker and I'm repenting in the car. Lord, forgive me. It's a fuel again. <laughs> well, praise God. Someone say planted. There are blessings when you're planted. Your marriage is healthier and stronger when you're planted. When you're faithful to say, no, church is not an option. It's a priority. No, I'm, I'm getting my kids in kids' church. I'm getting my students over here. Almost 190 to 100 kids now meeting right now. Your kids, they're over there right now. It's exploded. Growing in God, learning about what it means to worship. I mean, amazing. There are blessings attached to it. There are blessings attached to it. And sometimes the greatest act of faith, listen to this, sometimes the greatest act of faith is faithfulness and staying planted where God placed you. Sometimes the greatest act of faith is faithfulness in staying where God 
planted you. When it doesn't feel good. When it don't want to go. But you stay. It takes faith to stay. Your roots go deep. You get stronger spiritually. And God is growing you up when you stay planted. The last point. What we are and what we can accomplish together is greater than any one part. What we are, what we are, and what we can accomplish together is greater than any one part. It's greater. Put that slide up, guys. I love this. Together. Someone say together. 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 The Bible says one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. That there's something when we come together. They say it takes a village to raise kids, but I I say it takes a village to build God's house. Takes a village. Takes a village. Who did this? 5,000 salvations in four years. Who did that? We did. 5.2 million in medical debt paid off. 3,400 households forever changed. Who did that? We did that. Together. Someone say together. Together. Who, who's serving the 250 plus kids just at this campus today in kids ministry? The kids team. Together. Together. Who's serving our students over there? Almost 100 students. The student team. Together. 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 Who's able to do hope for the city outreaches? And who's able to serve our community? All the serving opportunities starting this week. We do it together. You need to get online. You need to get signed up for a serving opportunity. 13 different serving opportunities for you and your family in the next three weeks. We do it together. The Westfield campus launch, who did it? We did it together. We did it together. Someone say together. 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 We do it together. How are we going to see the greatest number of salvations in just a few weeks at Christmas Eve when we do it together. We invite together because we care about our lost, broken, hurting family and friends. I love what Paul says in Philippians 1.27. says this, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, whether I come and visit your church again, Paul said, I just want this. I, I want to hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Come up. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here. Come up here, guys. Come on. Up here. Up here. Stand up here. We didn't plan this illustration. But watch this, side by side. Get side by side. Come on, side by side. Side by side. Look at this. Side by side. Paul said, hey, hey, church of Philippi, I may not get to you. I'm planting churches all over. But what I want to hear, the reports I want to hear, I want to hear that you're in one spirit one mind, and you're serving side by side. I don't want to hear that you're disconnected. I don't want to hear that there's division. I don't want to hear that there's issues. I want to hear that there is unity because the Bible says where God finds unity in Psalms 133, there he commands a blessing. Someone said, how did all this happen? Listen, 
Someone said, how did all this happen at Fuel Church? Because God found unity. And he said, there I pour out a blessing that there is not room enough to receive. Because I find a people that are together. I find a people that are united. United we stand, divided we fall. If we can get united and have a heart for God's house, there is nothing that can stop us. Why? Because Jesus said... The gates of hell will not prevail against it. And when you, when you take another step of commitment, when you say, have a heart for God's house, it's time to level up. Come on, hit your neighbor and say, level up, shorty. I sound like a rapper right there. I don't even know why I said that. I don't even know what shorty means. I don't even know. Level up. You say, I'm, I'm here to level up. I'm here to level up because I have a heart. And heart, when I have a heart for God's house, there's movement. There's, I'm, I'm moving up. I'm moving up. I'm saying, man, what I'm a part of is greater than any part I play. And if we're just getting started, we're just getting started reaching our community. Because I know when I'm attached to the house of God, whatever blessings are flowing in that house is coming to my house. So my marriage is about to level up. My kids, they're about to level My finances, because I'm attached to something greater. And I've just learned this. I've just learned this in all the years. When you take care of God's house, he always, not just saying this, all these people up here will tell you, he always takes care of your house. When you have a heart for God's house. Bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that I know these people here today, they, they have a heart for your house. I thank you, God, that they are being moved today by your Holy Spirit. And you're speaking to our hearts on how we can level up that commitment. Whatever it is for us, God, you, you're speaking. Maybe it's starting to serve for the first time. Maybe it's starting to tithe. Maybe we're praying about our heart for the house offering, God, and We know that you're calling us to sacrifice. We know you're calling us to sow the most generous seed we've ever sown to help your house. Lord, just speak to our hearts as individuals. We thank you that this house, there would continue to be a spirit of unity because there you command the blessing. And as we are in unity as individuals, there is a blessing on our house, on our marriage, our kids, our finances, our job. We thank you for it, Jesus' name. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you're here today, maybe you find yourself far from God. Maybe you've never made a decision to accept Jesus into your life. We wanna say a prayer with you in just a moment. Prayer that can change the very course of your life. We're not here to embarrass you, make you stand up or come up front or anything like that. But if you're here today and you say, Jacob, that's me. I'm ready to give my life to Christ for the first time or I'm ready to rededicate my life. I know I haven't been living the way I should, but today I want to give it all. I want to surrender it all to Christ today. Count me in on this prayer. Before we pray, I just want to see who I'm talking to today. Would you just lift your hand and say, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. That's me. Include me in on this prayer. I'm ready to go all in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm ready to surrender it all. Come on. Hands going up. Every section. If you're thinking about it, throw your hand up. I want to make sure you're right with God. Tomorrow's not promised to no man. If you were to put your head on your pillow tonight for the last time, do you know where eternity is for you? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. 
Do you know where eternity is? It's a serious question. Some people didn't wake up today. They're in eternity. I wanna make sure you're right with God, sir, ma'am. I wanna make sure all is well with your soul. Eternity is forever. If you're unsure, raise that hand right now. Raise that hand right now. Thank you. Thank you over here. Yeah, I see all those hands. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. Let's pray together. Say, Jesus, I receive you into my life as my personal Lord and Savior. I believe you died upon the cross for my sins to give me a fresh start and a new beginning. Help me along this journey to serve you, to worship you, and to have a heart for your house. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody rejoice today. Come on. Once again, thanks for joining us for this week's message. If you would like to know more about us, be sure to visit us at thefuelchurch.com. It's also here where if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can click on the online giving tab. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And we hope and pray you have a blessed week.